is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of different places on the internet. We're live over on YouTube, the Tube. Maybe it's going to work this week. We'll see what happens. Or we're live on Crowdcast, the cast, as I call it. Or maybe you're listening to this later on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It is all good, and we appreciate you checking it out. And we have a great show for you all tonight. There's a lot to do. A lot to talk about, but why don't we kick it off with this? Once a month, we give a big thank you to folks in our Patreon, patreon.com slash comic book club, who support our show at the $5 and up level. Um, the ones below that, we thank you as well. You're also supporting it, but we give a special shout out here. And we're going to kick it off by reading all their names, giving tribute to them, starting it off with Oidas Larson. Aaron C. Hollis. Adam DeRose. Adam Harwitz. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Elena Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Amy Gonzalez. Andrew Primo. Andrew Tillman. Uh, Beercat PhD. Benjamin Brown. Do you need a break, Justin? Carly uh, yeah, w. why don't you guys take it for one Yeah, set. we got it. Okay, you did Carly W. I'm going to do Chris Leatherman. Uh, Christina Jarmilo. <laughs> this is your nightmare, Pete. Chris Lizzie. Uh, Clemens Luer. Curtis LaRock. Demand Ryan. Damian Becton. Dan Snow. Daniel Cabral. Daniel Fuentes. Danny Heck. Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Dylan LJ. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Aaron Doran. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard de Villiers. Isaac Carter. Jack Jake Fry. Fry. Oh, there we go. <laughs> James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John George. Jonathan Jong. Jonathan McCool. Joshua Gibson. Joshua W. Broxson. Julian Lobato. Catherine Annenson. PC Newhaven. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Karen Broderick. Cody Thomas. Kyle. Lee Brown. Luana Thomas. Lucas Sink. Mark Zeller. Matt Tice. Megan Thigpen. Michael Tillman. Mitchell McDonald. Nathaniel Diaz. Nelson Kelso. Nick Grayson. Off-White Savior? Official CBC chef, Brett Macris. Omnia Soul Art. Oren Dix. Pablo Martinez. Pedro A. Wrangel. Pete's Pretty Kitty. That makes sense. Primetime Polly G. Rev Mikey. Robert Pantia. Whoops. <laughs> Pettinato. Pettinato. Yeah. Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Sherry Rudnick. Stanley. Mila Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Banch. Thomas Glenn. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. And Zika's Viral Comics. And I also want to give a shout out to my friend Pete LePage for doing his ultimate nightmare by switching up the order of the names halfway through doing it. Pete, you did yeah. an amazing job. For those of you who don't it. know, Pete memorizes the names. He doesn't read them <laughs> off of a list. And so when we break the pattern, it can get confusing fast. Mm -hmm. And astute listeners will also notice that when he doesn't know how to say the name, he drips into uh, some sort of Italian accent. <laughs> like, Vettinet! <laughs> yeah. Regardless, thank you so much uh, for everybody who supports us over at Patreon. Seriously, we could not keep this show going without you. We really appreciate it. Um, another thing that we'd like to hear is folks leaving us comments and suggestions 
in Apple Podcasts in the comments there. Leave a rating, five stars, and of course, and also leave a comment. But if you want to request a book for us to review on the stack, an older book, a trade collection, something we might have missed, you can drop it in there as well. We have a bunch of great requests. Pete's been off the past couple of weeks, so we haven't caught up with him. But we got one this week that we're going to review in the stack. So here we go from Beef Negamaki says, you better start backing up the produce truck because this pod is bananas good. Glad I found this. Nice hearing three, sometimes distinctly different points of view, weigh in on the books. Sometimes I wish they covered more books that I was reading, but it's rare they don't review something on my pull list. Overall, a real fun listen weekly and something I look forward to. If I had to request something to have you guys cover, maybe Champions by Mark Wade. And yes, uh, Beef Nagamaki, we are going to cover that on the Stack Podcast, The Drops, in the Comic Book Club feed and its own dedicated Stack feed, Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Champions by Mark Wade and Humberto Ramos, the first volume of that book. Very fun to revisit it, not to spoil any feelings, but uh, we'll talk about that more on the Stack Podcast. Spoiled feelings. Spoiled feelings. And folks... We have two amazing guests for you tonight. I want to bring them into the stream now. They are the creators of a new book called Twig from Image Comics that rules. I'm very excited to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Scotty Young and Kyle Stram. Scotty and Kyle, hello. Thank you for coming. Uh, first of all, I love the matching beards. That's very cute. Yeah, how do you guys time that out? Because we just can't do it. We can't line them up. <laughs> we spend so up. much time together, we just become one human. Oh, wow. No. Uh, yeah. So I love this book, Twig. Uh, this is great. The second issue is out on stands tomorrow. And this is just such a fun, different, all-ages adventure with some dark weirdness to it. Uh, I think when we were reviewing the first issue, we called out similarities to a couple of things it definitely feels like its own thing but one inspiration point felt like bone a little bit uh scotty what were you calling on or for both of you when you were working together what were you calling on when you were creating this book well this this book definitely was 100 percent the two of us almost at all times from the beginning you know it started off kyle and i having at a kid's birthday party on a porch said hey let's do like a cool like fraggle rock Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, just name anything from the '80s that we all grew up loving, <laughs> and we're like, and I was like, "Your sketch, Kyle's sketchbooks filled with so much fun, wacky, creepy critters that people don't get to see when he's doing the horror book." You know, at the time it was spread, and a nerd is a big post book, like post kind of horror. Everything's kind of a horror tinge, but I was always like, I'm always into is like weird furry critters with butts. <laughs> yeah. I love so I, was like, I was like man I, I want to do a book like so we just decided so really that's pretty much what we did we just kind of mined our whole childhood of every VHS tape we've ever rented and any you know novel we read or or book comic comic that we checked out and and just kind of improved and freestyled and wrote down and Kyle drew the first thing Kyle did after we had our conversation was go <laughs> off and draw about 20 wacky like things that had nothing to do with anything except just coming out of his brain. And I posted those oh, up in awesome. front of me and just started writing towards them. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so cool. Uh, so, it, I, I mean, oh, I, go ahead, this book, I, sorry, this book feels like, like a recency bias. I want to see this book um, rolled up in the back of one of the stranger kids pockets as they're yeah. riding their bike <laughs> towards some horrifying situation. Cause I feel like that's working with similar bones. The first issue I was like, feeling adventure time a little bit and stuff that is even like a little more modern than that. But this second issue that comes out tomorrow, 
Uh, we read it, and it feels like Dark Crystal. There's that one scene in, in the machine. I was just like, it. Tra- it it's not like it's you're mimicking it or anything, but right. it took me back to that time in my life while also enjoying this awesome, great story. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, I, think, I feel like we talked about the vibe a lot. We had a lot of conversations about how it should feel, and that vibe was like true north. Uh, for me, anyway, designing stuff, I might be like, well, oh, that's a little off everything we've talked about. But once we both got into that mindset, I feel like we just, you know, went straight ahead. Yeah. And, and if you look like the machine is like a, I think the, the machine is a perfect example and people will be able to see that tomorrow, but it's a perfect example of, of such a mashup of all the movies we grew up with. Right. I mean, it's a little ghostbusters. It's yeah. a little weird science. It's a little dark crystal. It's a like every movie we watched had some sort of wacky machine in it that, you know, yeah. it was like the, the MacGuffin machine. And and really, at the end of the day, we, we like Kyle said, we kept a vibe. And interestingly enough, we were we were kind of like we were we didn't say we're not making an all ages, but we weren't we kept saying we're not intentionally making an all ages, mm-hmm. just making a book. And we as we went along, the book kind of just said, here's what what it is. And there's as you can see in the second issue, there's definitely stuff or the end of the first issue, there's definitely stuff along the way where you're like, whoo, but we grew up with that stuff. Like mm-hmm. yeah. heavy stuff mm-hmm. in movies. You could have a kid's movie with death and dark and scary. You know, it was the nice balance of it all. Well, I think what Justin is calling out with like the dark crystal and stuff, the, those are things that gave me nightmares as kids. So, <laughs> right. you know. Great nightmares. Yeah. And you never forgot. I never forgot. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the main character, though, because obviously when you have a main central character going on an adventure like this, their design is very important in particular because you need to glom onto that character immediately. So what went into the back and forth in terms of creating him? Oh, it, was, it was awesome. I'm going to let Kyle take it, but it was it was definitely an awesome ride. <laughs> well, we've shown it here and there before, but the fir- after our first conversation, uh, I went away and I... <laughs> He, he wasn't even, he didn't have a name or anything. I was just like, I'm Fraggle Rock. I'm going to make a little cave creature. So I drew this sort of hideous little bald cave creature. Like a chicken little, nugget. Yeah. <laughs> a little wicked guy. Little penis hanging down. And this guy, <laughs> this guy's like, mm, I think maybe. I think yeah. maybe we put some fur on this guy. <laughs> So I drew Twig more than anything else. I have sketchbooks filled with pages and pages of different versions of what his shape might be. For a while, he looked kind of like a bird, and he looked like an otter. And uh, I don't even know why. Oh, I know. At one point, there were a bunch of them. There were, like, warriors, and then there were, like, those who uh, cultivated things. And those the warriors had, like, bird claws on their hats, and the other part of the society had like little growing things growing out of their hats and that's where that came from but eventually we just back and forth we figured out the look and uh once we had it i did that drawing and scotty was like that's it that's the guy right there and that's actually the on the cover of the twig preview that came out a while back Uh, yeah you knew that at the time at the time kyle and i were sharing a studio and he nailed that drawing and and it was great because he hung it up instantly above his desk and so any day I was writing it, I could just look over and, and all the stuff was pinned up. So that was really cool to be working on the majority of the series in the same room as Kyle. Oh, that's it, awesome. The other thing, and you touched on this a little bit before, but then there's the world itself, right? Like it's 
it's this very natural world with monsters in it, but obviously it isn't anything goes, right? So how how do you set out those rules? Do you have a Bible for yourselves to work off of? Is it just sort of the feel of, okay, this is something that exists in the world of Twig or not? How, how do you decide on that line? <laughs> you know, I, honestly, like, like I said, the, the, the very beginning was a, a big sheet of different characters and creatures and items and things that Kyle had drawn mm-hmm. and each day that we would go we would run off to our our lunch spot called the peanut we had the best buffalo wings ever and we would just <laughs> brainstorm kind of set pieces like ooh there'll be a this there'll be a that like they'll slide in you know so kind of set pieces and we so I'd take those set pieces these drawings that he did and just see if I could tie them together and like with the character that Twig, we knew who Twig was. And it's just, at that point, it's like almost playing a video game in your mind of running him around to all these other things and levels. But then they start to inform you of the new things. But I I don't know that I ever had, Kyle might have created some visual rules for himself, but I didn't have a whole lot of rules of what was acceptable and not. I definitely knew, I think we both agreed that we didn't want anything to feel this world. Mm-hmm. Right. What like the the like Kyle said at one point, Twig kind of looked like an otter, <laughs> and mm. and not it kind of didn't draw an otter, but the shape of it, we landed on that character for a while. It was going to be the design, and the more I looked at it, I was like, I don't know. He feels a little bit like an otter, and I kind of don't want this to skew uh, Muppets, where right. you know, people's like we're getting like odd versions of a frog or blah. blah, blah. You know, I, I wanted people. I think we both agreed that we wanted people to get lost in a world that was of its own, you know, in, in, in the same way that you did when Brian Froud did all the labyrinth work or the, the dark crystal work where it's, it's a unique world onto its own. So therefore there might be rules, but who knows? I don't know. Kyle, you Kyle might have something different to say. I mean, it goes back again to the vibe thing. Uh, I definitely, if something feels too much like it's, uh, recognizable of our world. Like, there aren't going to be any, like, humanoids, uh, like, regular people, because that's not what this is. Um, yeah. And I have said what I like about doing creator-owned comics, and especially what I like about this comic that we created completely, is uh, I could be drawing something, and if I were on a different project or a licensed property, I might be like, is this right? Does this feel right? And in this one, I'm just like, this is right. Like that's it. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, it all, it all comes from the same place and it all comes from lots and lots of conversations. But um, so I, I think there are some blurry boundaries, but yeah, but, but nothing hard. One of the uh, things that I really appreciate is, and especially from what you guys are talking about, it's uh, leaning heavy on the art. It feels like this world that we're being sucked into, this magical kind of thing that you created, the art and the kind of things are leading the way, which is great. I mean, sometimes you have these magical panels and there's just so many words. It kind of, you know, uh, makes it hard to kind of get lost in the place that the setting. And I really appreciate the the layouts and the panelings that really just kind of explore this world with the character. Um, you know, a lot of what you're saying is echoing what I'm saying, but I just, uh, I just, 
it's it's just such a cool way to experience a comic and it's very well thought out and magical so just wanted to say thanks well we really appreciate that i i think like, you know being in this business for 20 years and half of that just being on the art side or a little less than that but being on the art side i was i was very aware of there's a lot of lifting that the artists can do without needing to say there's and as now mostly being on the writing side there's nothing worse for me trying to show up on a panel i don't deserve to be on like (laughs) right you know kyle and john are are destroying these panels it's beautiful i mean and kyle will tell you like when we get to the travel pages i just say travel through some lands (laughs) <laughs> I, know, I know Kyle's brain. I know how his brain works. So I, there's no reason for me to s- step in there and be like, "Here, brain, come this way." The way that I think, the, I think that's the beauty of. If I've learned anything from being on both sides of the line evenly, is true collaboration. Is you hear this a lot where the the background or the city is the setting. It's like, yeah, but you don't let it be. You know, like yeah, you actually right. have to consciously let it be that. And I think the. The only real edits and second drafts I do of any of my stuff is deleting shit. <laughs> just like, <laughs> there. Ah, that's you know, satisfying. There. Or sometimes I'll tell Kyle, draw this and then I'll like do this and I'll script afterwards. And then when I see it, we just go, no, it's good. You nailed it. Like you told the story. Like there's no words needed. Wow, it's awful. really funny hearing you say that about um, the setting. Cause you hear like, like, well, Gotham's the, a main character in this book. And what it really means is, like, on the first page, you see a full splash <laughs> right. with, like, mm-hmm. four dialogue boxes on it, and then that's all you get. And it's, right. like, to have that setting appear throughout, especially, like, dedicated in the middle to show that journey. Because, uh, like Pete's saying, that's when you want to sort of look around in a book. Yeah. It's in the middle. Not at the beginning, you're like, it's all new. Right? Even right. any issue, a middle issue or something. So. Right. And the, and the thing that I think Samurai Jack does that really well. Yeah. Yes. He always talks about how the the environment is a character, and uh, I've watched a lot of Samurai Jack, so I kind of yeah. pick pick up on that too. But to expand on what Scotty was saying, it's the same for me because I started to do the art and send it to Jean, mm-hmm. and once I started to get Jean's stuff back, I'm like, whoa! Like the the storytelling possibilities have just expanded like tenfold because he's so good. So. I'll start to be like, maybe put a little light thing here. And then I get it back. I'm like, whoa, that's, <laughs> that's far more than I and, could have imagined. I, I love and, the- and just to, sorry, just real quick, just to mention for anybody who's listening, we're talking about the colorist to Jean-François Beaulieu. Is that how you pronounce Beaulieu, it? Beaulieu. 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 Yeah. We just figured okay. this. I worked with him for 17 years and I just figured out two weeks ago. It's Bowley because I said I'm just <laughs> in the right time. I was like, I'm ruining this, right? And he goes, Yeah, you're ruining it every time. Yeah. So, and I, it really I, is stunning the colors. I was going to bring yeah. that up next, just the coordination yeah. between your art and the colors there, because having these naturalistic backgrounds and like we were looking at this in the live stream here for anybody who's listening on the audio podcast later, you just see these incredible huge mountain creatures who are in browns and grays and with little green creeping up. And then you have twig who's blue just popping against that. So it's so important for the storytelling as well. Uh, Um, Yeah. I, I mean, you talked about this a little bit, but like, what is the coordination? Like, are you, you are changing things and sort of tweaking the storytelling a little bit as you go based on the colors. Oh, because I know, because I understand Mm. the possibilities, it makes me, it causes me to think beyond um, 
just what I have the ability to do. Uh, mm. a, an example here, I'm, I'm going to spoil the last page of the first issue, uh, but here's an example. I w when I turned this in, I turned in the inks with yep. a green line right here, and I was like, there's light shining in from a window or whatever. And this is <laughs> yeah. And wow. that would not have occurred to me if I hadn't seen 20 pages before that of him like just nailing it over and over and over again. And uh, the further we go, uh, the more stuff like that there is. Yeah, when you uh, see when that page came in, I was like, "Oh, you nailed it, Kyle. Great job." And then like he said, like Kyle did the line, but Jean brings it back. And that again is the sign of true collaboration where you're everybody's skill set, everybody's leaving enough room for everybody to just dunk all day. <laughs> and 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 when you have somebody like Jean, I mean I, the great thing is is over these all these issues is to have watched Kyle realize, "Ooh, I don't have to I don't have to like not a bad thing, but you don't have to work so hard when you work with somebody as talented right. as John, because you understand that he's going to bring lighting and mood and context through color temperature to really take you on a storytelling ride that sometimes you don't get through comics where you're just on the grind, right? Like when you're just rolling, um, John's just a brilliant storyteller in his own right. So it's been awesome to watch these two over the course of a hundred plus pages, just really grow into like a seamless team. I love the. There's clearly a lot of like enthusiasm and love for everybody working on this. I imagine it extends <laughs> down to like the printer being like, and then I sent it to the staple guy and the work. <laughs> the staples were in the perfect spot. Um, I did have one question or a, a slash comment. Like uh, talking about Twig, I feel like in so many books, uh, especially all ages books, uh, quote unquote all ages books, like the main character is like like learning something, but they're still good at it, and then they just get better. It feels like with Twig, it's like he is bad at stuff, uh, <laughs> and like I, f I feel like that it harkens back to like all these uh, movies and, and content that we took in in the '80s, where the main characters were bad at stuff, and then bad stuff happened. Is was that a conscious choice to make him like just absolutely at sea? And and where where did you sort of land on that? Yeah, I mean, really, when we started talking about the, who the character was, you don't want the the character who who is a foe, like who's great at everything, but just slightly insecure. Like that's yeah. not that's just you already know they're going to win the day. But I think we saw Twig as as a character who a true character looking for themselves, like knows what they want, but also is out to please people, is out to do what he thinks is expected of him. Also finds himself in a role that is not as choosing, but feels. It feels like he has to. I think these are real con. These are real things that we all go through from elementary school on up. You know, where we're we're in a. Our parents find us up for t-ball, and we're like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And this is the easy version of baseball, and I'm right, still right. bad at. It. Right, like, cool. <laughs> this is so fun. Oh, how long is it? Going? Five hours. Cool. I like it. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you, you you go through this a lot in life, and and I I feel like we were pretty conscious of 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 that kind of character, like giving them so, some real things to overcome um, and some real things to struggle with. Like you don't want a hero doing heroic shit because he's a hero from the beginning. Like it's, that, that's a boring story and you don't learn anything. And we're not trying to give you a message. We're actually want twig to learn something, you know, and hopefully along the way you learn something about yourself in general, but not like, Hey, eat your vegetables, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, on that note, Scotty, uh, you've written in a bunch of different modes over the years. You were talking about how you transitioned to becoming a writer. You've also still done some art. I think you had a variance cover recently that came out, among other things. But when you're getting into something like this, do you do you like planning out the epic storytelling, like sitting down and saying, OK, I'm going to do something that is this enormous journey? Or do you prefer sort of the more done in one, the smaller arcs? Or is it just all different skills? Every single one's different. So mm -hmm. Middle West was definitely, we had the majority of that thing mapped out. We might not have had each stop along the path, but we had a lot of them. And we definitely had the beginning and we had the end. Um, with I think the thing that makes Twig so fun is it was twofold. When we first started Twig, we thought we <laughs> wanted to do the big architected, like the big architect story where we built the lattice work and, you know, we game of Thrones, the shit out of it and had it all, <laughs> this guy and subterfuge and da, 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 da. we had this huge story and then shutdown happened. Like COVID came along, shutdown happened. We didn't know what was happening with comics. We were pretty bummed out. We weren't now working together in the studio anymore. Um, and it was just a weird time. And then I called Kyle one day and we were kind of had a conversation like, are we going the right direction with the vibe? Leo Kyle's mentioned that mm -hmm. multiple times. We're like, are we doing what we do? Like we hold, we started this whole project as doing what we do. And you know what I don't do well? A uh, political <laughs> like, like the battle between two geopolitical machines and the military industrial complex of Fraggle Rock. Like I was like, what am I doing? I'm not writing anything that I necessarily ever think about you know like yeah. i'm i'll tell you i'm the last person to ever talk politics with anybody even though i'm got <laughs> but that's not my jam like that's you know so we really just had like a kind of like a come to jesus moment where we're like are we doing us and we we were how many pages did you have done kyle 10 11 i i don't know exactly we had like right. 10 pages we had 10 <laughs> go pretty, ahead it's pretty telling they were all like at a council talking like 10 right. pages of <laughs> right. right and wow. i think the only thing that was the same was twig was late like yeah, yeah. <laughs> twig was late but, but there were dozens of people like critters and things and it was really heavy and big and we and i think i think there's always a there's always a draw to be like i'm going to show everybody again it's like it's like you're like i'm going to be a, i'm going to the dunk contest and i'm going to freaking you do i have no idea i'm gonna shatter the backboard together <laughs> yeah, it again. like but instead you have to we had to remind ourselves like is this where our head is now like the world's really scary and it's weird and we don't feel good and are we making a book that's going to make us feel worse and and we both were like is it uh, the stupidest idea ever to completely restructure this and boil it down to just the character and once we did that, uh, it pretty much felt like it almost felt like we threw a puzzle pieces up and then they just kind of came down and there was a puzzle. Like it just, it made so much sense. Wow. Awesome. But, and then from that point, once that happened, I felt we were much more improv about it. Like right. We would, mm -hmm. While he would be working on an issue, we'd go eat lunch and be like, what about this? I don't know. This, oh, but this, oh, and that loops back to this. And it yeah. became like what you feel like when you were a kid and you like you had he-man toys and gi joe toys and even turtles even though i'm too old to be playing with them but i'm gonna be like <laughs> my brother my little brothers it's cool 
you know that's what so I mean? funny they're just, they're just going pew 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 and that's what it felt like you just described the difference between the uh, original Star Wars trilogy and the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that, but you fucking nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. Um, we have a question here in the comments for you, Scotty. This is from Josh H. Does Scotty have any plans to do art in a book again? I do. Um, there's, a, there, there's a project that I've been fighting for many, many years that will be my next project that I write and draw. Um, like, I don't know when it is, but um, I got to stop having so much fun with all these guys <laughs> so I can get to it. But yeah, I will draw the interiors of a book again. I just, I just needed some time to go away and I had been drawing interiors monthly for, for 17 years before I took my break. Wow. On, <laughs> that's a lot of pages. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I just needed a, a break, but so, but I still do, one to two covers a week. So I, I still draw a lot. Um, just not. <laughs> yeah, the that's interiors. a fair amount. It's, it's a bit. <laughs> uh, we have another question for you, actually. This is over on YouTube. Uh, this is from Ramsey Hassan. I really dug the series of manga illustrations that Scotty Young did on Instagram. Has his son's manga fandom inspired his <laughs> own work? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's been awesome oh, to wow. kind of watch my, my son's 12 now, almost 13. And he, a couple of years ago, during during shutdown, he got into he met some kids who were into manga and anime, and he really got into it. And it's it's kind of an avenue that I never really got into when I was younger. There wasn't a lot for us to, you know. I'm 44. There wasn't a lot of that available, like to in the small town I lived in. So I kind of missed it. And it's really cool to kind of see through his eyes now, like, and see why he likes certain things and. And and hopefully I'm able able to. I was just talking this weekend with with Steve at Third Eye about you know harnessing some of that side of the world and bringing it over and mixing it in with ours because kids just they just eat that stuff up. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kyle, I have one for you. I love spread. Was is there a chance you'd ever want to return to that world again? Oh, maybe. Um, it's been man. It's coming up on. I don't know how many years it's been. It's been a long time. A long time. But. Yeah. Uh, it's possible. I think the comic book industry is way different than it was then. Uh, so we were able to get, I think, five volumes back then. And um, I, I don't know. It would just everything would have to fall into place. I think, but um, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Uh, and a follow up question, just based on your background, are you more of a Gremlins two man than a Gremlins one man? <laughs> it seems like uh, it. Hard to argue with it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely more of a Gremlins too, man. Right. You think that's his throwaway pile of movies? <laughs> this is, it's next to the window. He could be leading uh, back and just shoving it right out. We'll see what happens. I'd race uh, down to- yeah. Uh, Scotty, uh, you also have another big epic world that you're returning to. You have I Hate Fairyland is coming right. back. Uh, what can we expect from that? Because I feel like that went... I mean, it was always bonkers, but it went so bonkers over the top by the end. Um, what more is there to tell in that world? I uh, mean, that that world is, um, it's just, it's just so fun because it, literally anything is possible and no one ever says like, Ugh, or like, that's wrong. Just like, holy <laughs> yeah. shit, he's doing that. Like, uh the challenge, the, the fun challenge this time around is obviously where we, where I left her in issue 20 was she finally made it she finally reached her goal and got back to the real world and became the adult that she had always missed being but you know like most things we never actually want what we think we want and it also sucks and working in a cubicle sometimes (laughs) is not super you know so she actually lived in a world where everything was possible and thought she hated it 
and then she's back in the real world and equally hates it. And so we're going to, the challenge here is going to be able to be playing with uh, an adult version of Gert and uh, how and why she gets back to fairyland is pretty fun and uh, kind of timely in some of the ways that we've been following billionaires recently. (laughs) Ah. uh, The great thing about fairyland. She buys Twitter. Wow. I hate fairyland as a way for me to be able to really play with, kind of satire and parody of what's going on because everything is kind of, again, kind of improv and made up on the spot. And besides kind of getting in and out of a story and having like a a through line, um, it's usually me going, Oh man, Pacific ring was awesome. I'm going to do a Kaiju issue, you know, (laughs) just really in the next, how will Gert fit into that? Or, you know, like, Oh man, I love street fighter. And, and, you know, this dude draws street, you know, and then I was like, let's do a street fighter issue with a street fighter comic book artist. And like, it, it's really, really fun. So I'm excited to get back to that. I think it's going to be fun because from when I started it and ended it and how many years has been now, since we got back. So like, if you got into fairyland when you were 13 or 14, you're going to be almost 20 now. So you're going to, you probably left comics and have come back. So <laughs> it's a good timing for that, you know? I love it. That's funny. Uh, and guys, you mentioned that uh, this is maybe a little more improv not necessarily the epic storytelling, but do you have a plan in terms of how long this might be? Is it six issues? Is it going to go 30 issues, a thousand issues? Where are you, uh, you know, in there? So uh, this is a miniseries, so it's a five yeah, okay. issue. Oh, okay. Passive. All right. Um, so I really need to start looking at the covers of things <laughs> and reading the numbers yeah. on them. But, when I say improv, I guess I, I guess I should use that term a li- or define it a little better. Kyle and I knew exactly where this ends. Like we have, okay. the, it's like one of those things too where you just set the ending at, at, at the you have the get, you just don't know how you're getting. It's like playing Candyland. Yeah. You don't exactly know how you might go down our chutes and ladders. You might climb up and slide back down, but you know where the ending is. Um, mm. And that's where the improv to me is the fun. It's like having a real improv troupe where they give you kind of some parameters, but once you get up, up on stage, it's just, you're going to, you're freestyling until you get there. You're talking to the right guys. I, uh, I yeah. Ironically, I hate Candyland. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's gonna be, that, you just fucked up my follow up, dude. That's what it is. <laughs> you're blowing up things all over the place, Justin. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Love the book. Everybody should check it out. A yes. pleasure. And uh, Scotty, we didn't mention this on the show, but good luck with the tree that dropped <laughs> yeah, on your house you. right before this. Thank you for coming on <laughs> the podcast anyway. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it, it dropped on my car. It's You know, the car actually ended up being fine. I have no idea how that happened. But it's kind of heartbreaking when you have a giant, beautiful tree in your front yard. And now today mm. I'm going to drive home and it's not going to be there. So oh, it's kind yeah. of a bummer. You know, it's yeah. a bummer. And use then my it. neighbor. Use it to fuel me, your art. My neighbor's been texting me all day telling me how much of a bummer it is. <laughs> Get out of here. It's like, I don't even know if I can look at your yard anymore. Like, roasting neighbor. Like, if I went, like, my son broke his leg today and, and somebody's like, man. Having a broken leg sucks. I don't have a broken leg. <laughs> it sucks. I have uh, very two healthy legs. You have a broken leg. Your life sucks today. And I'm like, quit telling me how I really hate bummer. watching your son struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, quit telling me. I'm already bummed out, man. Don't throw more bum on the bum out, you know? Oh, wow. oh man. Thank well, you. I appreciate it. We'll figure it out. All right. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Well. Have a great yeah, night. Thank you. Here. Have a good one. All right.
Great. So fun. There we go. Once again, the book is called Twig. It's from Scotty Young and Kyle Stram. The second issue comes out tomorrow from Image Comics, and it is awesome. Definitely pick it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, And folks, we're going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. (laughs) And for audience questions, I see a bunch of them are already piling up here. Piling up? Piling up. But before we get into that, why don't we, uh, well, I should probably explain. If you want to ask a question, drop a question in the comments over on YouTube or ask a question here on Crowdcast. But what you drinking, guys? What you drinking? Oh, before we do this, P, I left um, a urine sample on the corner of your desk. So just don't drink that, whatever it is. Okay, great. Great, great. Yeah. Yeah, what you drinking, Pete? Oh, no. no, Oh, no. Orange, bro. That's not good, bro. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I need to drink some water. But that's not what I'm drinking tonight. I'm drinking a little cocktail I call red wine. Ooh, it's excellent. a Cahor Malbec from France. Pete, what are you drinking over there? Uh, vodka and a um, new Mountain Dew flavor called Livewire. Uh, is that new? Maybe not new. New to know. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's new to Pete, it's new to Pete. That's what they said on NBC back in the day. Uh, I... I am drinking last week's drink, the Jungle Bird, but it was supposed to be made with pineapple gum, which is the syrup made out of pineapple. I ordered it. It didn't arrive until today, and so I made it with that. It's uh, it's real good. Very different from the way that I made it last week with just pineapple juice and simple syrup. Very exciting. But I also want to give a shout out to Brett Macris, our CBC chef. We didn't mention him at the beginning of the show, but he did create a drink for this show, specifically, originally, uh, we were going to have guests Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino were going to be on the show. Unfortunately, they had to delay due to conflicts. Thankfully, Scotty Young and Kyle Stram jumped in here at the last okay. second, which is so awesome. Very excited to talk to them. Jeff and Andrea will be on the show at some point later. I think we're going to book them uh, August, September, something like that. So look forward to that. But he did design a drink called The Little Monsters. Little Can't Monster wait. based on Little Monsters. Uh, so I didn't make that this week. I made this instead, but I'm very excited to check that out. So thank you, Brett, as always. Why don't we jump over to some questions here? This is a question from Nat Townsend to kick it off. Are you excited for Miss Marvel? What will be good and bad about the show? Alex, can you send me the first two episodes? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Straight up there, Nat. Uh, No, I cannot send you the first two episodes. I will say we will be covering Miss Marvel on our Marvel Vision podcast. You can check out the first episode of that dropping at 3 a.m. tonight. Uh, So that's very exciting. Uh, And it's it's great. It's super fun. I think I can say that. I think you guys will enjoy it. I think you you can say that. Yeah. Uh, so get excited. Get stoked. Uh, we actually have a follow-up question here. Let me see if I can find it from Pablo D. Martinez. Disney Plus has both Miss Marvel and Obi-Wan Kenobi airing at the same day. What would you watch first? Ooh, great wow. question. Um, I see. I feel like I would do Obi-Wan first because I just got to like, I got to get it and see it. And then I want to savor Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I think just Visual feast. logistically, if I hadn't seen Miss Marvel, we're already in Obi-Wan, so I already feel invested in that story. So I'd watch Obi-Wan first so that I know what happens next. Then I'd go into Miss Marvel to start something new. That becomes a big problem next week when they're still running at the same time, but wow. what you're going to do, life is wonderful. And Alex, you watch everything at double speed, right? 
Triple, triple speed. Oh, wow, nice, God. good. Yeah, no, that way I dumb. really can't understand what people are saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible idea. Pete, uh, which would you watch that. first, Miss Marvel or Obi Wan Kenobi? Uh, yeah, I mean, because I'm already invested in the Obi Wan, I'm going to keep that going and then have the Miss Marvel as my little treat uh, mm. for later. Pete but loves uh, a treat. Pete uh, gets his treat at 6 p.m. as well. <laughs> but um, you know, you know, maybe there's going to be a day where I'll switch it up. I don't know. What's great is uh, you know when you have choices out there, depending on your days going, you can. You know, uh, have so one. would you would you say it goes um, Obi Wan, all of Ted Lasso season one and two, and then Miss Marvel? Or is that's it... the continuity. That's continuity order. But yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, the other thing you could do is you could have your laptop going with Obi Wan and then Miss Marvel on your TV and just watch them both at the same time. Really get it out of the way. Plus, mm-hmm. if you do a triple speed, it's like fifteen minutes, and you're done with two episodes of television. Yeah. Plus, I if just you love st- accomplishing things, if you start. Uh, <laughs> Miss Maisel and Miss Marvel at the same time they link up. Yeah. Look at Pete uh doing a joke we may be doing too. <laughs> <laughs> uh we got a question here from Stray Bullet ties into the Star Wars talk. Did midi chlorians ruin the force? Also, my son Brooklyn is sick, but he wanted me to come lay uh-huh. on the couch to watch the show. Could you guys ah. say hi to him? Of course. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Hi, Brooklyn. Hello. Get, get well soon, Brooklyn. Yeah, you got to get those midichlorian level levels up. Drink fluids. Yes. Uh, by yeah. fluids, we mean blue milk. Drink blue milk. <laughs> Great. Nope. Um, if Star he doesn't Wars. Know what that, if he doesn't get the reference, he's going to drink some very spoiled milk, Alex. <laughs> uh, oh, no. He probably just thinks you mean the milk after, you know, when the cereals and the marshmallows leave that color in there. Oh, because he only eats blueberry? That's right. <laughs> wow. Or the berries. Oh. See, I've never, ever had... Booberry or any of those count chocolate because I was grew up in a household where we had like oh yeah that's nuts. right your no sugar upbringing. cereals yeah me too well water you had well yeah you we had to go out and get the the bunch kid get the balance <laughs> got to be fast to drop the well water, water reference around this place, Pete <laughs> you've forgotten. <laughs> Uh, did midichlorians ruin the force? I don't think so. I, you know, I feel like this is something that I've kind of come around to, particularly while watching Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show, not the, you know, character. But I think, like, it's reminded me that a lot of this continuity stuff doesn't matter if you're having fun, because a lot yeah. of the stuff is just... I feel like we've talked about this probably on previous podcasts. A lot of it is just George Lucas making shit up all the time. Honestly, and- when he stopped making stuff up is when it got bad. When he yeah. had to like think it about it a bunch, so yes, think so that. so yeah, most of it is just uh, like they were talking, like our guests were talking about. It's improv, it's riffing. The midichlorians thing is the sort of thing like yes, when the prequels come out, I was like, this is stupid and I hate this. But now I only remember midichlorians when somebody mentions them, and they don't matter to the storytelling at all. So, and yeah, I, I agree with you because. Like watching Obi Wan, I have a friend who is watching it, and all he does does is text me his complaints about that stuff, the continuity mismatches, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Is this a way to live? Is this a way to, <laughs> to do this? Like, I don't want to hear all this. Like, I know we all know we're not it's dumb, but like, so what? Like, what would you rather this doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah." Uh, so there you go. And Brooklyn, I hope you feel better. This is from Derek Maynard. There are many examples of comic book artists who want to write on comics. Scotty Young being an excellent case in point. 
Can you think of an instance where the reverse is true? A writer who became an artist. Ooh. Well, you've seen um, Tom King's uh, covers <laughs> that he exactly. posts on his... What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have not uh, Tom King's Twitter, he will constantly post awfully drawn covers that he does for an artist alley and for fans. Uh, so that's very fun. Yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of writers who have made the transition to art, I don't think. I certainly can't think of anybody. I mean, I feel like I'm trying to think of um, anyone that has done that. And it, I guess it it's just like being an artist is such a cultivated skill. You have to put so much time and reps into it. Yeah. It would be hard to be a successful comic writer and then dedicate so much time uh, to that. Uh, to, to learning to be an excellent artist as well. This is from Kevin. What are some of your favorite examples of mood whiplash in comics, either light to dark or the reverse? Mm. I mean, this is uh, an example we talked about um, when we were talking about Twig, but Bone, I think, does that uh, from the like light, comic strippy comedy side to the much more heavy mythology mythological side that the story sort of took on as it went on yeah i mean it's just tough with like uh some comics you've really got to be in that mindset to be able to kind of go down that rabbit hole with them a lot uh you know sometimes there'll be like dc comics that i'm like man i'm not feeling the dark shit right now you know i gotta read a couple light comics before i can kind of get ready for that uh, it really is just kind of like the artist has to do a good job of like getting you into this world and kind of like, you know, you letting go of what you may want or not want or whatever. I think one of the best worlds that I really got used to was Batwoman when those like yeah. uh, amazing panels came out. It, you know, it can look really kind of like a jarring, uh, but when you kind of are, are ready for it or open to it, uh, it's pretty amazing what can be accomplished on, on a panel on a page. I mean, if Kevin, and maybe you can weigh in on the comments here, Kevin, if you're talking about plot, like mood whiplash that way versus the art, uh, the first one I, I thought of really was, uh, oh my gosh, Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan on Deadpool, Ooh. where they went from like raucous comedy to these really dramatic situations that were yeah. very sad with Deadpool, often in the same issue, which was very surprising. Uh, and the one that I thought of from the art perspective, which the circumstances are obviously very controversial, but just in terms of like little, little light to dark. The killing joke when Joker is taking pictures of Barbara Gordon, just the flash of the camera is so jarring in there. Obviously, the scene itself has not aged very well. But just from an artistic perspective, it's Brian Bolin, right, who does the art on Killing yep. Joke. Um, just it's it's off-putting and upsetting, and a lot of that does come from that light and the dark, the light and the dark, the way that they're doing it. So there you go. Uh, we got a question That's... here on YouTube. Yeah, from... Go and bring that shit up. Jesus. Uh, Bumpito. Yes. Sorry, yeah, fuck, sorry, man. buddy. First thing I thought of. Cheer yourself up with a couple issues of The Punisher. Yeah, it's a good idea. Stranger Things brought back an 80s Kate Bush single into the top 10 worldwide. What random old tune would you want Stranger Things to resurrect? Uh, I got it right here. Um, big countries in a big country. If you don't know that song, great fucking track 
from back no. in the day. And they were not as uh, long lasting as Kate Bush, but uh, great 80s band. They played like SNL once. Um, great stuff. Um, I would say Cotton Eye Joe by the Red X. Oh, I think no. I just looked it up. It's from no. 1994, but I feel like there's oh. a portal from the upside down. There's like some time travel stuff coming or like in season five, they do a time jump to 1994 and the Duffer brothers are like, we wanted to be in 1994 so we could really use Cotton Eye Joe by the Rednecks, that sort of thing. That'd be great. I just, uh, sorry, that, that song is very triggering for me. I had a, uh, a roommate in college who used to listen to that uh, thing on repeat. And uh, You live with, uh, with Joe himself. And the dude was insane. He, uh, his name was the unseen vegan dream. And he used to streak uh, tours of our college and blast cotton eye Joe. He was a weird dude. Real that quick. If he was unseen, it's hard to streak. <laughs> well, that, quite... That's, you know, it's hard to catch somebody who's unseen. Pete, you don't like the Corinthian, the Sandman character who has malice for eyes. Uh, what do you think is worse, Corinthian mouth for eyes or Cotton Eye Joe, who has cotton for eyes? <laughs> Both uh, horrible choices for eyes. I, I like the eyes and the eyes. Choices? Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> did you choose your eyes? I did. I yeah. did. Yeah, in the beginning, when you're asked what you want. The beginning? What? I have so many follow-up questions. Dropping but some I, big <laughs> But I don't know if we have time. Uh, this is from Josh H. Are there any comic IPs made into TV movies that you hope would be redone right? Looking at you, FF and, uh-oh, Preacher. Oh! Wait, what happened? Wait, shots fired what? Shots uh, fired say what? Yeah. So are there any comic IPs that you wish would be done again properly this time? Preacher was done perfectly. That was so awesome. Was it? Bananas good. What are you talking about? Was it? We did a whole fucking podcast on it. I know. Cassidy was perfect casting. What the? Cassidy was perfect casting. I agree. Go after Um, yourself. Generation X uh, TV movie. Probably do a better (laughs) version. No, also perfect. Also perfect. Um. I don't know. I know they're doing a remake of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That movie was pretty shitty. I feel like I don't, they shouldn't make another movie of it. That was the thing that was confusing to me. That's something that yeah. seems tailor-made for a TV show in particular. So I don't know. Because it was based on a sequential um, art form? Yep. Nice. Tracks. Uh, this is from Michael Tillman. Did you, did I miss your guys take on the new Willow trailer? Can't wait for oh, the off good. Yes. I'm a huge Willow fan. Huge. You can't feed a baby black root is something I've, my children haven't, don't touch this stuff. And your uh, kids keep coming up in the background. Are they trying to get their black root or what's yeah, that? Yeah, because I keep it, I keep it right here because I eat black root all day. I love <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they keep coming and trying to get black root. Uh, put hair on your chest. Thank you, Michael Tillman. Um, I so I love Willow. I thought this trailer was great. Shout out to Migosh, make it a huge yeah, Willow trailer. I was like, yo, what are you bringing back, Migosh? His whole claim to fame was like, you're going on an adventure. I'm going home. Yeah. I don't do this. Go Willow. Go do your thing. Patience, Willow. Courage, Willow. Migosh, take a nap. But I mean, I'm worried because like, can you do Willow without Mad Mac? You know. I'm- I mean, uh, Mardigan was like the best, just so fun. I mean, Val Kilmer 
he's not really acting anymore, but he no. certainly pops up. So maybe we see an older Mad Mardigan just like <sighs> uh, hanging out somewhere. Um, that would be cool. I also think, um, yes, you can. This fe- it feels like this trailer is it's opening up the world, getting into some larger, heavier stuff potentially. But if they can capture the spirit of the original Willow, and if you haven't watched this, it's on Disney Plus right now. They are pushing it front page because since the trailer came out, watch this movie. Two wrecks on Disney movie. Plus: Willow, Rocketeer. If you're not haven't watched those movies, crushing. Wow, just throwing Rocketeer out, huh? One another and one of my favorite movies. Now on the other side of the spectrum, Pete. I don't know if this is breaking news for you, but Ted Lasso season three is the final season. Oh, we, all, we all know that. True oh, okay. what had I, already I told that. that Pete, but when they announced season two, they also announced season three would be the last. And I br- literally broke Pete's heart when I said that. Yes. Just, uh, what's his name? Brett, uh, Brandon, Brandon, what's coach beard. No, nope, not coach beard. Uh, guy who plays angry guy. on Ted. Oh, oh, you're talking about, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Who you're Brett, Goldstein. Brett Goldstein. There you go. He did an interview saying, yeah, pretty definitively we're writing it as if it's the last season. So what are you going to do about this travesty, Pete? Well, I mean, that's the thing in television, you know, sometimes you get to choose when you go out and sometimes they choose for you. So if the whole idea from what we understand is when they were pitching the idea, they pitched a, th- a three, season arc and uh if that's what it's going to be that's what it's going to be i'd rather them go out telling the story they want to tell than you know uh dragging something on and not be as special so uh you know i'm going to be thankful for what i got and uh you know i can just hit play and watch them again you know oh really what i heard after season three years they're taking away the play button (laughs) is that going to be a problem um Pete, it sounds like you've been in therapy for this. Like the way you just dropped that, it was like a composed statement. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you were talking about, man. I haven't been talking about my therapist about this the whole time. <laughs> uh, and that is it for your audience questions. Uh, folks, we are going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Wow, you got a and first hand up guy drop. First hand up is Kev. Um, do we have somebody or are we going to go? Kevin with... is somebody. Are you not going to call on Wait, uh, Kevin? Wait, you don't treat Kevin with the respect? I, I'm, not ta- I'm just saying sometimes, you know, Zalves has a whole spreadsheet and sometimes no, 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 ahead no, no. of time it's decided. So that's I did not spread my sheet. That. I did not He's spread my same. sheet this I, time. I'm going to bring in I Kevin. just they feel like I agree with Nat. It's fucked up the way you're treating Kevin. Yeah, I feel like Kevin probably has some new puppet he wants to play with and he wants to show it off. Oh That's my, my suspicion here. Oh, creepy. Well, I haven't seen Kevin move that fast Woo! in years. <laughs> well, we'll see. I've definitely invited him in. Uh, so we'll see what's going on. What's going on with you the old know, Kevster. This could, could truly be anything. That's when see. the music really plays out here. Oh. Ah! Oh, there Kevin's is. puppet is Kevin himself. That's the ultimate did puppet. not bring a puppet this time. But I will say that I did just finish a, a book that I found out about on this podcast. Ooh. The Bible. What, was it the Bible? Oh, no. It occurred to me that um, in the spirit of reading Rainbow, which, you know, it's 39th anniversary. What's happening? I should do this properly. Hi, I'm Kevin. Do you like books with words? I sure do. 
I read Earth to Andrew O. Blackman oh by Jane Breskin <laughs> Zalbin. Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Uh, so what he's bringing up is a book that we Oops. mentioned on the podcast. I teased that there was a book where my mom had drawn me as a kid. I didn't oh want to say God! what the year it was. <laughs> Uh, and everybody said, you legend. yeah, That's everybody, Noah. everybody, uh, if you think that that book came out and I was mercilessly made fun of in school, you'd be correct. So oh thank you, Kevin, God. for Look bringing up my childhood that, trauma. Sorry, real quick. Can we get that closer to the screen? Yeah, uh, Kevin. I, Oh, are you taking a picture? Okay. I just gonna get a quick screen grab of that. Oh, wow. put it clo- even closer. His face closer to the thing. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, really get good. Get in there. Get that's in there. That's what we want. Click, 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 oh. click, click. Gonna hold on to that. What's going on in the background? It looks like a slap fest. It's like somebody mm-hmm. slapping their grandfather in the background of that picture. Yeah, the plot of the book is uh, about the time I slapped my grandfather. Oh, okay. Oh no, no, <laughs> no. The no wonder she drew you so is, poorly. It's about this kid who is mercilessly taunting everybody around him with his cheap puns. So the old Lord villain who lives upstairs agrees to teach the kids some real jokes. Oh, and he also has the hots for the kid's grandma. What happened? Alex looks like his, he needs to go to therapy now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Oh my God. Here's the thing. I, I, <laughs> I can't believe Kevin just got got hell. Oh, I love it. What is happening? It, it the, the thing same. is, all right, what uh, this is kind of about, I guess, is uh, that there there's a comedian named Hetty Youngman, an old comedian who I was super uh, obsessed with, loved his joke books. Um, we went to see a show when I was a kid, and like he gave me a button, and I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Um, I did not, I was not in love with his wife. I did not have a crush on her. That's not true. That's all made up. So even though it's me on the cover and there's some details, I did fuck a bunch of grandmas, but like, that's not, not his wife. Not his wife. It's the villain who has the crush on, uh, Andrew's grandma. Oh, well, I misunderstood the plot. Oh, that no, they completely oh, I st- uh, that never happened. I'm kidding. I never I'm kidding. was. We never fucked any grandmas. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not Pete. Let's turn it back to Pete. Come on, yeah, come on. Oh no, when I Just when I say not. I read the book, I read the entire thing this morning. Okay, oh. so yeah, it's a short book. So it's basically <laughs> you you wouldn't let puns go, and so your mom kind of wrote this book to be like. Hey man, you got a real pun problem here? I don't know. Uh, gr- growing up with an author is an interesting problem. That's, I guess, all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> problem. Yes. Wow. Oh my god. At I... a certain point, perhaps the author runs out of their life to write about and starts writing about <laughs> your life. I'm just saying. Oh wow! Is your mom Jughead from Riverdale? Oh I mean, god. perhaps that's why I don't like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! This, this has been the most I've learned about Alex. <laughs> In decades, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Kevin, what did you think about the book, though? What did you think about the book? I enjoyed it. You know, it's a nice low stakes book. It's, uh, I think it's low if stakes. Judy Bloom wrote about Jewish New Yorkers. Wow, I think that's probably the vibe she was oh, going for. Nice, so nice. glad to hear it on the cover. 
Great. Wow. Uh, so I think you owe me $25 in Midtown <laughs> Comics. <laughs> now, Kevin, if I remember correctly. No, I'm going to give it over to Pete to do trivia. Right, yeah, money. He earned it. He yeah, earned the Kevin, money already. Way to be. Uh, you already won. You don't really have to pick anything for this. But here we go. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Fred Ward. R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. DC's black label Aquaman uh, comic has been dubbed blank. Is it A, a bid for tuna, B, a psychedelic cosmic horror, or C, Wilfred Brimley? So Ooh. is it A or is it B, which is the correct I'm going to go with B. B Although I did appreciate the pun in A. There you go. Speaking of puns. All right, so... Uh, question number two, Marvel's next big event is called the blank. Is it A, St. Patrick's Day, B, Judgment Day, or C, Patrick Kill Patrick? So it's either A, which doesn't make sense, or it's B. I'll go with B again. B nice. is correct. Judgment Day, the next big Marvel St. event. St. Patrick's Day would be a fun event for Marvel. You think so? It'd be a fun event. And uh, I also want to see if I can I'm... guess what C is going to be on the next one. All right, yeah, Kevin. I, I we'll feel see. like Kevin already he already knows the movie. He's way ahead of you. Uh, Honestly, we'll how many we'll events? See. How many events in, in from DC and Marvel have been called Judgment Day? I think we've covered Judgment Day, also Terminator. So let's yeah. do St. Patrick's Day. All right, here we go. Last one. What is returning to comics this September? Is it A. Creep Show, B. Sleep Show, or is it C. Marv Albert? Oh, so I was thinking you were going to go with Kate Mulgrew. No, no, I, I almost did, but I didn't. <laughs> he likes funny names, like yep. Marv. Yep. So it's either A or uh, you're completely wrong. I'll go with A. It is correct. Creep show coming back to comics in September. And uh, Kev, do you know what all three C answers are? Oh, it's going to be... Um... Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. That's right. That 1988 hit or 85 hit? Uh, it's 85. It's 85. Yeah, it's 85 because they, you know, the Statue of Liberty was still in all of the uh, scaffolding. Look at this. This guy's into it. Wow. Kevin. And, uh, Kevin, before we let you go, just uh, you haven't tracked down my the Kama Sutra book my parents released, did you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that, that, that would get weird. That would yeah. get weird. Oh, no response. Okay, so you're going to get a $25 gift card. Yes, you're going to get a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Thanks for coming on, Kevin. Always good to see you. Have a good night. Uh, and I'll just mention to you guys uh, that uh, what Kevin just did was double traumatizing. I didn't mention this at the beginning, but the way that he started it off, because I also, as a kid, got rejected by reading Rainbow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, birdie. rejected in what capacity? Yeah, I tried exactly. out for Reading Rainbow, the recommended audition? my best book. I auditioned for Reading Rainbow, and oh they, they didn't God, take me. Like... It stung. Yeah, I bet. Wow. wow, no wonder you've been chasing that Reading Rainbow hit ever since. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'll recommend some books. <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of so which... Funny. As we all know, comics are coming out all the time. They're all awesome. There's a bunch of them that are coming out this week. Pete, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Poison Ivy number one and Dark Knights of Steel number seven. 
Mm. And I'll mention, since Pete didn't give this detail, for anybody who's excited about Miss Marvel, G. Willow Wilson, who was one of the co-creators of Miss Marvel, is the new writer on the Poison Ivy series. So that's a fun little side tie-in. Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? A lot of stuff, fun stuff out there this week. I'm going to give it up for a book I've loved for a long time. Coming back with a brand new arc, That Texas Texas Blood, Blood. number 14. Knew it. Uh, This issue, um, I'm assuming, probably has a focus on like uh, maybe a little more horror stuff. So I'm excited for their perfectly tinged uh, version of that. And I'm going to give uh, two shout out here is one I'm really interested to check out is Fortnite X Marvel Zero ah, War number ah. one, just because Christos Gage's Fortnite DC comics book was so good. I'm curious to see if it holds up here. And the other one I'll give a shout out to is The Ward number one, a Dark Horse comics book the about Ward. a supernatural hospital ward by Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott is a big Star Wars author guy. He had a big shine up over at Star Wars Celebration a couple of weekends ago and is going to be on our live show in a couple of weeks to talk about this book. So I'm very interested to check it out. And folks, that is it for this week's show. Yeah. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Scotty Young and Kyle Stram for coming on. Check out Twig number two from Image Comics is coming out tomorrow in comic book shops. That's another one that we're going to have in our Stack podcast. We're going to talk about that. So very exciting. Uh, Next week on the show, we are going to have Marika Makula and uh, Atmaja Pandya are going to be here to talk Slip. Also, Ruben Najara is going to be here to talk about the best Archie comic ever. We have a bunch of other podcasts that are rolling out right now. Let's hear it for the boys. Our boys podcast rolled out the first three episodes this weekend. It's going to be coming out every Friday, tying in with the new season of the show. Also, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, rolling out weekly on Thursdays, where you can get every single episode at patreon.com slash comic book club right now. Riverdale After Dark, our Riverdale podcast after that airs. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast recapping Miss Marvel on Wednesdays now, so check that out. As mentioned, patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do. Subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Jimmy Gaywood.